Hey everyone, welcome back to Sprint Race. This is a very special episode because it is the 2022 Motorsports Year in Review. I hope you enjoy. Now, of course, this is a Formula One podcast, so we will, of course, be talking about the season, which has just wrapped up. But I also want to touch on some of the other formulas as well, particularly the W Series, Formula E and the British Touring Car Championship. And to aid me in giving, I guess, a bit more insight into those championships, I have some very special interviews and not just any interviews either interviews from the actual champions of those other series. These interviews, these clips were in fact taken on the red carpet at this year's Autosport Awards. The guest list was incredible and the red carpet was spectacular. So big thank you to Autosport for letting me attend. So stay tuned and I can't wait for you to hear them. Now it's been an unusual year for me in terms of Formula One. Probably not the most memorable in terms of on-track title championships, I guess. Uh, And mainly because, well, Max walked away with it. But it was, of course, a momentous year in that it was the first of the new era. The rules were brought in at the start of the year designed to increase uh, closer racing. And I think that was kind of meant to translate into overtakes though the FIA and Ross Braun never actually said this, but I think that's how it was interpreted initially. I think at the start of the year, with the amount of issues that all of the teams were having with the new cars, getting to grips with the new rules, it was very hard to to see that. And I'm glad that by the end of the season, especially going to much better tracks where you can overtake, like Interlagos, by that point, to me, it was clear that the rules were working. I think we got the statistic that there were 30% more overtakes this year than the year before. So it does show that it has helped. And now that most of the teams have figured out the fundamentals of these cars, I think next year will be amazing. I'm super excited. I really hope that Ferrari sort themselves out. I'm very disappointed with um, their year, despite Leclerc finishing in P2. I think it's their most disappointing year since. 2011. I thought that the best race of the year was actually Interlagos because of how exciting that track is, but also the return of Mercedes after such a long period without a win. But the moment of the year, in my opinion, was in Silverstone. Now, you might already know the moment that I'm referring to. I'm, of course, referring to the now iconic moment where Checo Perez, Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc were battling. And whilst the on-track action was superb, what made the moment for me was the commentary. It was one of those moments where you get completely swept up. Three top drivers from three top teams battling at a top track the dream scenario for any commentator. And let me tell you, David Croft delivered in that moment. But I'm always curious in those moments, you know, if anything is is prepared, if there's any kind of phrases that you put in your back pocket, if you think that these two drivers might come together or might, might fight each other, but you might be surprised to know what it's really like. I was delighted to actually ask Crofty about that moment at the Autosport Awards, and here's what he said. 
It's all improvisation. When you get moments like at Silverstone, you realise that you are you're broadcasting without a tightrope. There's no second chances. You've just got to you've got to entertain. You've got to inform. You've got to tell people what's going on. And that Silverstone moment, everything was happening so fast. It was just a case of well, one's gone wide, one's uh, one's gone off, one's gone wide, and oh, one's gone through. So you put it all into what you hope is a succinct piece of commentary that people are going to love. And I was I was really chuffed that the FIA chose it as their action moment of the season because it's the bit one of the bits I really remember from the season that really got both Martin and myself going in the commentary box. When you started doing commentary, there were only about 16, 17 races. Next year's going to be 23, year after 24. What impact does that have on you as someone who goes to all of the races? I always say it's vocation, not vacation. So you're just prepared for a few more weeks away from home, doing the job that you love, that you've worked hard for all your life, that is the best job on the planet. And you make sacrifices because it's such a brilliant thing to be doing and I do it gladly and with a smile on my face and I can't wait for what I think will still be 24 races next year. What I love about Crofty's interview is that he also felt the excitement and he knew in that moment that it was special. And I love that. I love knowing that there is a moment that is pure passion, pure commentary, but at the same time, you've got to get it right. I also found it interesting that Crofty said that there's still potentially going to be 24 races next year. And we all know by now that China has been cancelled due to their COVID restrictions and what that means for the personnel traveling. But where else would we end up? Maybe back at Paul Ricard, perhaps? Um, I guess we'll see. But I thought that was a really interesting little uh, insight from Crofty. Now, one of the big changes this year was the introduction of the W Series, the women-only racing series, as a Formula One support race. They ended up following the season through some of the biggest cities in the world, including Miami, Silverstone, and Singapore. Now, there's been a lot of frustration, I think, in the motorsport world about uh how difficult it is for talented drivers to move into the likes of Formula 3 and Formula 2. No more so than perhaps Jamie Chadwick, who was very open about the fact that she was returning to the W Series because she couldn't get a seat anywhere else due to funding. To add even more frustration, the series itself couldn't actually finish their season due to their own funding issues. I really hope that all of that gets sorted next year because I, f I feel like it's already very difficult for these women to you know, get these opportunities. I love that the W Series is free to enter, but of course that means that they have to get their funding from elsewhere. Now, given that she'd already won the W Series twice, uh, it was definitely third time lucky for Jamie Chadwick because she did completely dominate the series and won again. When I saw her at the Autosport Awards, it had actually just been announced that she'd signed with Andretti to join their indie team. It's great to see that she was finally able to get signed with a bigger team, with a different series. That is exactly what the W Series is designed for, to give these women a step into the motorsport world, perhaps give them an opportunity they might not have had elsewhere. It's a big opportunity for me. Um, I'm really excited by it. So, um, 
yeah, I think a big sort of difference, but I'm excited by, by what's to come. You're very much seen as the kind of face of the W Series, the success story. Do you think you moving to uh, Indies is going to help other girls make the move as well? I hope so. I mean, it's a big opportunity for me, uh, particularly partnering with the DHL and Andretti. I think there's a lot, lot to be excited by. So, yeah, I think um, hopefully it forges a pathway, I'm sure. But um, for me, it's, it's something I'm really excited about. And even though you're not in the uh, championship next season, who do you think could do well in the W Series next year? Quite a few. There's a lot of young drivers like Abby Pulling, Alice, Emma are always fast. Um, but yeah, I'll hopefully see some of the young girls come through and yeah, take that next title. So a big thank you to Jamie for taking the time out to speak to me. I wish her the best of luck in Indy with Andretti. I'm sure she's going to be amazing. And do make sure to support the W Series next year. And I'm super excited to see who is going to step up in Jamie's place now that she's in a different category. Now, I've been extremely lucky this year to have attended a few different types of racing categories as a journalist, including for other channels as well. Earlier this year, I attended the British Touring Car Championship event in Silverstone on behalf of the Females in Motorsport channel to interview the Accelerate team owner, Justina Williams. We didn't know it at the time, but her driver, Justina's driver, actually went on to win the British Touring Car Championship. His name is Tom Ingram. And again, I was delighted to speak to him at the Autosport Awards. It's the realisation of a dream, firstly. You know, I've been wanting to do this since I was five years old. So going into that weekend, I was aware of the pressure that was on my shoulders. I was aware of all of the maybe expectation that was around it as well, you know, going in with a few of us in the mix yeah. just didn't know what was going on so I've been brought up with the mentality of the five P's you know put the work in away from you know away from the away from the circuit so when you do have the opportunity in the moment to shine you can absolutely maximise it so the Brands Hatch weekend for me entirely was a weird weekend because I felt so chilled I felt so incredibly relaxed that I could actually enjoy the experience um, which, is a, which is a nice place to be What does Justina's support mean to you? Uh, Justina's a fantastic support you know not only just to me, but for the whole team as well. She's a fantastic leader. Um, she knows how to get the best out of people. And we've got a great team around us. So it's a, it's a privilege to drive for Accelerate and uh, long may it continue. I'll admit, I only started watching British Drawing Car properly this year. And after going to the race at Silverstone, I am fully hooked on the sport. If you don't tune into it already, make sure you tune into next season. I love how accessible it is. I love the number of races that you get in a single weekend. Plus the actual on-track action is really exciting. If you just love motorsports, make sure to check out your local touring cars. Now, you know that I'm a huge Formula One fan or else you know, this podcast would be a massive waste of time. But actually, I absolutely love Formula E. To me, it is getting better every single season. I love the sustainability side and the message that's trying to, to plug. I think that the drivers are exceptional as well. The tracks that they go to are a lot of them unique because they're allowed to race in cities. I just love the sport. I think that, you know, there is a huge future for both Formula E and Formula One together, pushing different sides of sustainable motor racing, whether it be pushing for 
biofuels or battery technology and software versus aerodynamics. I think there is a future and space for both of these sports to coexist. One driver who actually has raced in both series and went on to win last year's Formula E season is, of course, Stoffel van Dorn. Now, Stoffel has been under Mercedes management and within the Mercedes team for quite some time. With them not being in the sport next year, he moves over to DS Penske alongside another Formula E former champion, Jean-Éric Verne. Here's what Stoffel had to say on the night about the upcoming season. Yeah, very good. I mean, obviously a big change for uh, for me going um, from Mercedes to DS. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, it's going to be a new challenge. Um, it's a team that you know obviously has a lot of uh, a lot of good history in Formula E, and um, yeah, hopefully we can uh, keep up that good track track yeah. record. A few world titles between all of you. Um, does that put the pressure on for next year? Um, I, I wouldn't say so necessarily. I mean, there's a lot of change in Formula E with uh, with Gen 3 arriving. So, yeah, we're, you know, it's kind of a little bit of an unknown at the moment with, uh, with how we're going to be, competitiveness. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have to wait and see, but uh, we're going to try and try and do everything to keep it up. Have you been in the new car yet? Um, yeah, I've been testing it a couple of times and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a big change again. A lot of new things on it, uh, quite, quite technical, I would say, in a, in a way. Um, but it's for me, so that's, uh, that's part of it. I'm extremely excited for the upcoming Formula E season, and I'm also very excited to get back and see some of the races myself. A big thank you to Stoffel for making the time to speak to me. So another busy year in the world of motorsports, and I was so happy to be able to speak to three different champions. No Max Verstappen, sadly, but uh, if I ever do get the chance to speak to a reigning Formula One world champion, Again, I will make sure to let you know. But if you've made it this far into the podcast, then I have a bonus final one for you as well. I absolutely loved doing this interview because I actually really admire both of these two women and they are Naomi Schiff and Natalie Pinkham, who you probably know as being two of the main presenters for Sky Sports F1. Now, I actually spoke to Naomi very, very briefly at last year's Autosport Awards. I asked her if she was going to be continuing her work with Formula E, to which she replied, no, I'm not. At the time, I thought that this was disappointing news. But then she said, actually, I have something very special, but I'm just not allowed to talk about it yet. Little did I know at the time that that little thing that she hadn't shared yet was that she was actually going to become a presenter for Sky F1. I've loved watching them both throughout the season, especially watching Naomi grow in her role. To me, they've added to the experience of of tuning in to F1 this year, which at times has not been the most entertaining, if I'm honest. And so they've done a really good job at adding some life back into the sport. So I couldn't believe my luck when I actually got to interview them both together. There's obviously been a huge amount of learning on both sides, and this is what they had to say about their partnership this year. 
Honestly, I can't tell you how much I've learned from Natalie. First of all, she's the first person on the team to give me a call. Before most people even knew I'd signed my contract, and she made me feel so comfortable. She was like, I just want you to make sure you feel welcomed into this team. And then obviously, like, I've got to say, I, I'm so lucky to work with the people I work with. They've all been in the sport for over 10 years. So all that experience, like, you can't buy it. So just to stand back and watch them and be next to them. <laughs> Emotional. Oh. Stop it. And Nestle, I guess, you know, Naomi's come in from a, a racing background. What have you learned from oh. Naomi? Do you know, honestly, she's brought such an energy. We're talking about each other like we're not here. Yeah. But she's, she's brought such a fresh energy to the team. Do you know what? Boys behave better when there's more girls around as well. So it's, but also, she's a racer. So, you know, she brings that perspective and credibility to the sport. But also to me, and also she's just so much fun. So it's like being on tour with your mate. It's brilliant. Worth the wait, right? That was a really, really lovely interview as well. So big thank you to Natalie and Naomi. And I look forward to seeing even more of their work next season. And that's a wrap. Big thank you again to everyone that came and spoke to me. If you haven't checked out my Instagram again, it is at Sprint Race Show. There's a couple of pictures on there of some drivers, including a former world champion. So if you haven't seen that, please go check that out. As for this year, if you've tuned in at any point to Sprint Race throughout this season, then big thank you from me. I will be back for the 2023 Formula One season with the first episode in February for the car launches. Wherever you are in the world, I hope you have an amazing break, happy new year, and see you all next season.